0: From the Duck South Studios in Morgan City, Mississippi.
1: I love the smell of night pump in the morning.
0: I want to punch you in the face so bad right now. This is the On the X podcast, powered by DuckSouth.com. I didn't get a harumph out of that guy. Took up and a
2: what we've got here is failure to communicate.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Advantage Multi from Bayer. Advantage Multi is veterinarian's number one choice in the prevention of heartworms, fleas, roundworms, hookworms, and whipworms, treats and controls sarcoptic mange. Make sure your dog is protected by using Advantage Multi.
3: I said what I said and
2: I'll stand by it to the death. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And
0: now, here are your hosts, Jay Paul Jackson.
1: You just love to hear yourself talk, don't you? Even when you're not Run saying anything.
0: Rocky LaFleur.
3: Yo, <laughs> Adrian! Houston
0: Kennedy. Please, Houston, we have a problem. And Josh Webb.
1: Coons. Well, are raccoons trying to get on our back porch. Mama just chased him off with a broom.
3: Welcome to the On the podcast, powered by DuckSouth.com. J. Paul Jackson here, joined by my co-host. Rocky, I love to shoot shovelers, Lafleur, and of course, Mr. Josh Webb. And today we are also really excited to have as our special guest, Mr. Joseph Presley. Now, Joseph is with Four Corner Properties. He was the 2016 Land Realtor of the Year, and it's really significant to have Joseph with us today because, Four Corner Properties has just become the title sponsor of the On the X podcast powered by DuckSouth.com. Man, Joseph, welcome to the show and so glad to start this affiliation with your firm, Four Corners, because so many of our people out there are, are so interested in finding property. Not only is it great to have you as a title sponsor, but I'm really excited about having the 2016 Land Realtor of the Year on here as a resource.
0: Well, guys, I really appreciate teaming up with you guys in this opportunity. It's uh, uh, super exciting for us, and and, uh, 2017 is going to be a great year, and uh, looking forward to to, uh, getting the the year off started great and uh, just joining you guys and just the awesome things that y'all do, uh, not only for for the the hunters and just for keeping everybody up to date on uh, everything that that goes on in, in Mississippi and just really all over the south
1: joseph what's going on with the recreational land right now is is it a lot moving um what's you know what it you is a, in that market
0: it, it is a lot moving a lot of things are or the you know most importantly the prices are holding strong um uh, no don't see any downturn in the market at all um it's just uh it's just the, the recreational property is just it's so special to everybody and uh it's just uh, uh, anything from a 20-acre track to a 2,000-acre track. It's just they're all moving great right now. Um, 2016, you know, with uh, the, the change in the economy, I think it's going to be a great year. Uh, but everything's holding strong. Everything's good. A lot of properties are moving. Got a lot of uh, closings on books and, and a lot of money changing hand. Lenders are ready to, to, to lend money, and, and uh, people just feel really confident in, in uh, what 2017 is going to bring. and Uh, It's just a really, really going to be a special year, I I believe.
1: Joseph, let me ask you this. One of the things that I look forward to talking with you about in the near future, I know you have a lot of duck hunting properties. I know you have a lot of deer and turkey properties that you have listed. You know, I think one of the things that, that people listening to this would be interested in, and now that you're the sponsor, we have you on a good bit, but different Programs that once a, a buyer buys a tract of land, you know, the programs that they can, you know, put that land into governmental programs. And I think mm-hmm. that's an important topic we should cover with you in the near future.
0: No, I would love to, love to. Yeah, d- WRP program, CRP.
1: Now that we have you on, I know that you have a piece of property in one of my favorite parts of the world listed. And you actually duck hunted up there last week in the Minner City area, northern part of LaFleur County. Can you, can right. you tell us a little bit about it real quick?
0: Man, absolutely. Yeah, it's uh it's uh, right there in Minner City. Uh it's it's actually Equin Plantation. Uh Equin Plantation is a well known uh, uh plantation. Actually the uh a the movie The Help was filmed actually in the plantation hall. And um it's uh it's right there just before the Greenwood, about twenty minutes. Um it's 134 acres of flooded timber, flooded tupelo gum, cypress break, uh just a beautiful piece of property. Um we actually did we hunted there uh uh Friday morning, did really well. Um it's got about four or five established duck holes on it. Uh could could have many, many more. Um it's got a thirty eight hundred square foot lodge got three bedrooms, four baths, huge great room, wood-burning fireplace, mud room, dining room. I mean, the list goes on and on. Uh, it's a very, very uh, super nice uh, duck hunting place, strictly duck hunting, no deer hunting on it. And, uh, man, it's just a special place to be able to, to get in some flooded timber and, and watch the ducks come in there, man, with the orange feet hanging down just to, to – be able to have a place like that to hunt it's just a very special place
1: now somebody else on this podcast uh filmed a hunt there two or three years <laughs> ago right yes, next door to the property that you're talking about um but i used to guide up there a good bit um one of the guys that guided for me and i used to go and help him all the time unbelievable location j paul you you saw a ton of ducks that day that you were up there filming a hunt oh, up there didn't you uh,
3: unbelievable the number of birds that we saw that morning at daylight uh I- i've probably never seen so many ducks struggling in through the timber and you know the great part about hunting that part of the country too and hunting those breaks like that is the fact that y- it, you don't really have to go to a whole lot of work to hide i mean those birds are so imprinted on those areas like this particular farm that they are coming there and you know every time that i've hunted and i've actually hunted rocky in two or three breaks around this particular piece of property and every one of them has been fantastic with this as the centerpiece but every single one of them when i've hunted there our duck blind has pretty much consisted of some two by sixes, a platform that would have resembled something that i would have built as a treehouse as a kid um, except just right above the water, so I mean you're really literally shooting ducks at eye level. For somebody that is serious about duck hunting, owning a property like this, hunting it every day is almost a spiritual experience. I mean it, it's unreal. Well, and what
2: I like about places like that, and I'm fortunate enough to, to have some places like that ourselves, you know, with my family, is the nostalgia of hunting like that. It's it's getting harder to find those type places. Um, and I mean, those are the kind of places that you, that you always grew up hearing about just those old, uh, you know, you got that Spanish moss in the trees and it just has just a old, uh, just nostalgic feel to it. And when you get in there and, and, and start seeing ducks working and, uh, you know, lucky enough to kill, to kill your limit, that, that's just, uh, it's something that's overlooked a lot now in, in duck hunting. Um, and that's, uh, so that's a special place. Uh, and I was uh, I was happy to hear Joseph had it had it on the market and was able to you know take some people up there hunting and uh, I don't know it, it's exciting to know that stuff like that is still out there and people still have the opportunity to
1: get it uh, you know and have it for for them and their family and friends. Well, I'll tell you, yeah, Josh, you know, growing up and seeing pictures of my grandfather in in hip waders, that type of area that he hunted. I can still see pictures of black and white pictures, white shirt, top hat, hip boots, khaki pants, and a stringer full of ducks. It's in a no, great it's- example of a, a place where you can have a the old-fashioned gentleman hunt.
3: yeah, I tell you what Joseph. I think we need to go take a look at this property, so I, I can tell more to our listeners about it. I'm pretty sure that that's something that we probably need to do next week. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. The 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 it comes the the duck hunter is coming out. You know, Those duck hunters will do anything, won't they? Yeah, hey, he no, it's it it, it's a follow up. What Josh said, it is a special place, and and to be able to have a place, um, it, it is hard to find. a Flooded timber hunting and these breaks and stuff that that is a that that produces birds and um, no doubt it uh, they don't come on the market very often and um, would love would love to uh, J Paul take you up there brother you just you just tell me when you want to go
3: well brother I I'll be calling you when we get done recording here <laughs> we'll, we'll make some <laughs> arrangements for sure uh, on a more no serious doubt. note though uh, Joseph again. We want to thank you, Uh, can't tell you how much we appreciate um, coming together like this. I think this is going to be really beneficial for all the people that follow the podcast. You bring so much information about duck hunting. I mean, guys, Joseph is not only a realtor, and obviously, you know, there's a commercial aspect to this, but Joseph also is a really serious duck hunter. Uh, you know, it's his love of duck hunting that made him the 2016 Land Realtor of the Year. And so, having that to bring to the table, um, having you on here on a regular basis, telling us about some of these properties and about what makes them unique and about the way the birds work, is going to be a really valuable resource to us. And uh, appreciate the support, not only of, of Four Corners Properties, but specifically uh, of you, Joseph Presley. I know that you got a busy day, and it's lunchtime, and you got stuff you need to take care of. But, man, thank you so much for joining us today, and thank you for joining us as the new title sponsor of the On the X podcast. Hey,
1: hey, Joseph! Before you go, Joseph, Joseph, before you go, look, tell us, tell us a website, tell us a phone number that people can get in touch with you about any piece of property I've listed.
0: Yeah. Would love to talk to you guys. Anybody has any questions about uh, properties, not only listed but uh, properties that you may own that you uh, want to know, you know what the values of the area, you know what, what other properties are selling for. Uh, Would love to talk to you. My my number is six zero one five four zero seven two four zero. You can visit us at our website at 4 dot and uh, any time, guys, I, I'd love to talk to anybody about any property and, and uh, like I said, any questions you have about the market or uh, pros and cons, uh, I'm, I'm here to help. So thank you guys for the partnership. Thank you guys for, uh, you know, believing in me. And, and uh, you know, I look forward to many, 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 many more podcasts and uh, looking forward to sharing the blind with you guys.
2: Well, we, right, we really do appreciate it, buddy.
0: Thank you guys and uh, y'all stay safe. We'll talk to y'all later. Yes, sir. All right, thanks, guys. Joseph Presley
3: Yes, sir, brother. Joseph Presley Four Corner Properties, twenty sixteen Land Realtor of the Year and the new title sponsor of the On The X podcast. I'll tell you what, guys, I'm really excited uh, about this and the things that Joseph and our association is gonna bring to us and the podcast. But uh I'm also excited about the number of ducks that we're seeing here in northwest Tennessee. What's it looking like there in the Delta?
2: <laughs> oh, God. Um, um, hey, what's that? What's that? That? Uh,
3: what's,
2: yeah. what's that? what's that? What's um, uh, that? What's that term that just flipped the page? Go to the, go, go to the next.
3: <laughs> segway. Page. Is that segway. It?
2: Let's say, yeah, whatever you want to call it. Let's get away from that and let's just talk about something completely different than the duck numbers here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it man, we I, I don't know uh, other what to say other than it's just slow. It's um uh, it it's a beautiful sixty-five degree day uh at, at the moment and uh, uh with and with nothing going on so. If, if that answers any of your questions on what's happening in this part of the, of the Mississippi Flyway, so, I may or may not play golf this afternoon. So I just just kind of how it is. But y'all are it. Really it
1: is. It's rough, Jay Paul. It really is. It's, it really is. And, you, and I'm talking about, look, I mean, there's spots that are still holding birds, but, you know, there's spots that had not had any pressure put on it that's at right. all. And... I'm talking about in weeks that these yeah, spots had even, any pressure on them.
2: But even what enough, I've
1: seen, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, Rocky. but other than that, it's rough.
2: Yeah, and, and, and even what I've seen is uh, the you know we've got a spot right by the house, um, it's a cut cornfield, but anyway, we help we hold water on it and everything, and it finally got some birds in it, and uh, I could see them. So anyway, I I, I didn't drive. Literally did not drive the, I was on the range or whatever. Um, I just pulled up on the turn row so I could see, which is still five or 600 yards from it. And they were there, some birds in it. I was like, okay, good. I turned around, and, and as of when I was turning around on the turn row, I noticed some of them got up. Well, then, of course, the rest of them followed suit, and they've yet to come back. And that was a week ago. And birds, wow. and that, that spot has not been hunted. Um, those birds have not been messed with, but I've noticed that in a lot of places the birds are, even the birds that are around are hard to fool with. Um, you know, I don't ride right up on a hole to look at it or to jump ducks on purpose to see what's there. I, I keep my distance and I would have never thought that, that those birds would care anything about me being literally five or six hundred yards from them. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, it's just been, it it's been rough. It really
1: has. I mean it is a bad dream to last year right now. That's right. That's right. Um but, but y'all are seeing like, birds?
2: Yeah, y'all are seeing good numbers of birds today, Paul? That's that's positive. You, I, I I'd like to talk about that. For a minute.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, we are. We've got uh we've got two different fields on our farm that are probably that we're not hunting. We're just letting the birds hang out on them to um to keep the pressure off there and keep birds on the farm that probably have five to ten thousand ducks on each field and this morning we had a uh we hosted a group of uh, special ops guys a couple of green berets that do special ops excursions a great uh program started and ran by mr scott graves of trimble tennessee um we had two green berets from fort campbell come in and hunt with us and it was a very very foggy morning made working ducks very difficult, but um, we managed to kill 10 ducks and 10 speckle bellied geese. So, you know, it was a really good hunt, given the circumstances, but we saw and heard birds almost non stop. And, yeah, we, we've we had I had a really good hunt on New Year's Day. I took that afternoon, I uh, took my little brother and nephew, and we had a great hunt. And on the Friday before New Year's, uh, a group of us killed 13 greenheads and two green-winged teal. Um, so we've had, you know... Some really good hunts, not thirty birds, not you know five or six guys limited out in twenty minutes like I'm hearing some reports from Northeast Arkansas. But a lot of ducks in the area, and you know when it's 53 degrees like it is right now, they're difficult to work. But we we do have, so I'm pretty excited well, about that.
2: Well, I've heard you know you. I, I I'm glad that you said something about you know New Year's uh, being a little. A little past new year's now but but even since right before New Year's, we've been getting really steady reports from from your part of the of the flyway that you know that that part of of Tennessee has been seeing really good bird numbers um so that's been a
1: like
2: i said that's been one big positive thing um uh let me hear. tell you something so cool. That's interesting,
1: yeah, let me tell you something <laughs> cool real quick j Paul I don't know if I told you this, but I know I told Josh about this um. I got a call last week from a friend that's a pilot for FedEx in Memphis. He was flying a route, and on radar, there were two huge blobs picked up on radar from the Memphis radar. Uh-huh. And anyway, he made a call in to see what it was, and it turns out Memphis called him back and said, that is a two mass migrations of ducks. And they were directly wow. across, directly across the river from you, around Blytheville, Arkansas. Yeah, that, that is was
3: incredible.
2: A bit. Um, yeah, and that was I, I remember talking about that. That that's incredible when when they get in, you know, mass numbers enough to to be picked up on radar. Um, that's pretty cool.
3: Well, I'll tell you, we had one field, I guess, on. Wednesday, Thursday of last week, but I don't think you could have wedged another duck in it with a shoehorn. Um, And I don't know where they came from, but they just appeared mid-late last week. You know, let's talk about something else, guys, too, while we're on this, where the ducks are and what's going on with them. Rocky, I know you specifically today wanted to talk about duck hunting myths and refuges. And I happen to be standing right now on the western border at the gates of Lake Lauderdale Refuge. Now, Lake Lauderdale is, I think it's about a 640-acre, one-square-mile refuge in West Tennessee in Lauderdale County. It was made possible about 30 years ago through a joint effort of TWRA, the Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency, and Ducks Unlimited through their marsh program. And
1: I'm I know where the notes are. I know. <laughs> Tell Just I'm going. I know where the ducks are. They're in Nebraska, northern Missouri, Iowa, and you know why they're there? Why? Because every everything's frozen up, and they have these big feeder trucks that they fill up with corn, like catfish <laughs> feed trucks. Yeah, and they go blow, <laughs> they go blow corn on the ice.
2: That's it. That's it. Golly, if I hear that, if I hear somebody say that one more time, I, I swear. We hear so much stuff, man, that they're riding around, fresh corn. even when it freezes up, they spread corn on the ice for them, and they... Oh, holy smokes. I, I it frustrates me to hear some of these things people come up with. Man,
1: they pouring the corn to them up north.
3: <laughs>
1: All so, right. Jay Paul, so, bust that myth. Yes, bust the myth.
3: All right, so I want to talk about something that you and I discussed yesterday afternoon when I was going to meet our special ops guys to take them hunting. On oh the no,
1: don't, don't you don't you change the subject? You're going to bust I'm this not, myth I'm first.
3: I'm staying there. Okay, I'm staying there. I'm staying there. This, this this applies. I'm sorry, man. I'm watching on this refuge, hundreds, if not thousands, of ducks, specklebelly
2: of
1: kernels and of corn, right on top yep, of us. So, yeah, we're gonna probably that. a plane flying well,
3: no over and just 50. spreading
2: corn, isn't it?
3: It's fifty-three yep. degrees here in West Tennessee, and there is no, there is no ice. So let's go back to answer your question and bust that myth, and and then I'll come to what we talked about yesterday. You know what, guys? I've hunted in thirty-one states, four Canadian provinces, all over this country, and uh, I know there are guys that are a lot better traveled and have done it a lot more than I have, but they're few, few and far between. And hold I on, can tell me, hold on, see,
1: hold on, hold on. It's a black helicopter overhead.
3: <laughs>
1: all these conspiracy theories
3: well let me tell you i can tell you this i've never seen a grain truck anywhere whether it's on private ground or a refuge driving around spreading corn on the ice on the ground or anywhere else for the ducks to keep them in the area so when you talk about you know when when i hear that conspiracy theory there and, and people talk about feeding the ducks, and, and, you know, they're out to get us U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, Ducks Unlimited, you know, private individuals, whoever, man, they're feeding the ducks, they're short-stopping them. Let me tell you guys, it's all bull. That does not exist as an organized plan. You know, it, it, it's it's a myth, okay? Uh, it, it's kind of like, you know, Cosa Nostra, the mafia, You know, everybody looks at that as some super hyper-organized business entity and group. But, you know, people in law enforcement tell me it's not. It's just a bunch of thugs. And and there's no big organized effort by an agency or any individuals that I'm aware of or that I've ever seen in my experience to shortstop ducks or anything like that. You know, And, and it just kills me when I hear that because I've hunted next to refuges in at least 20 different states, I've been on some of the most intensely managed private land for ducks, and I can tell you, first of all, on private land, it would be baiting. I've never seen or heard of that happening where there could be any grain of truth, even anecdotal evidence existing of that, Rocky. So I'm on record right now saying that what Josh just said, what you just said, oh, they're up in, in Iowa spreading corn on top of the ice. It's bull. It doesn't exist. Now, let me tell you what well, does exist. Cause, cause, go ahead. Go ahead. No,
2: no, that's what, what I was going to say. I mean, you know, the the the, the truth of it is, is, I mean, you know, duck hunters, We we like to blame... We like to put the blame everywhere, and the truth of it is, we hunt migratory animals. They may not be here the next day, whether you have the best setup in the world or not. So I guess all these theories just spawn out of frustration of slow seasons or, or everybody thinks that the sky should be black every day with ducks or are bird numbers really as high as they say they are or whatever. But, I mean, you know, and I, I told Rocky this. I said, you know, when you hear these kind of theories – I, I I really wonder if whoever comes up with them says them out loud so they can hear it back to themselves before they tell somebody. I mean, you really you really think about this stuff. I mean, really, you, somebody really has really convinced themselves that that a that a state agency is spreading corn. Heck, they don't even have the money to stick the the road. Do you think they're gonna go spread corn for for ten thousand ducks? I mean, it had. It frustrates me to the core to hear stuff like that. Uh, it, it does. It, anyway, go on with what you were saying.
3: Yeah, and I agree with that. And you know what, What Josh, Rocky, I, I don't think that I want to give it any, any recognition here, uh, but there is a website or a blog site. I haven't checked it out in some time. I'm not going to tell you what the web address or the URL is for it because – It's so much bunk that I don't want to do anything that might even be perceived as giving them any credibility. But there is actually a website um, that is dedicated to bashing U.S. Fish and Wildlife, bashing the waterfowl counts, and perpetuating myths and rumors just like what you guys just said. And and again, in my experience, it just doesn't happen. But now, so let's move on into what you and I were talking about, Rocky, yesterday. And what does occur? So Josh, to bring you up to speed, Rocky yesterday was on the phone with me and he said, you know, I want to bust some mist. And I said, okay, you know, if you want to bust some mist tomorrow, you know, where do you want to start? And he said, well, you know, the myth that that they're feeding them up north, throwing grain out on the ice, and the myth that du and state agencies you know have corn on refuges where they're trying to hold them and stuff and the myth i went whoa 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 stop for a second wait that second one that's not a myth that is not a myth at all and so and i can tell you right now i'm standing here at lake lauderdale uh refuge and i am looking at thousands of ducks geese Snow specks, blues, I hadn't seen any candidates today. Loads of mallards are right here on the gravel road. I'll try to zoom in on them and get a picture that I can give to you, Josh, to put on the website when we release this podcast of ducks sitting on a gravel road, sleeping on the gravel road here right in front of me, most of them mallards. uh, Six specks just landed on the gravel road. Hold
1: on, hold on, on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because if we have our guest on, on tomorrow's podcast. I don't want you to cover that one right now. I want you to cover it while he's there.
3: Well, no, I want, I'm, I want to... I, this is leading into that. Let me, hear me because. out on this. We're going to okay. ask him the purpose, but let me tell you this. So here's my point, Rock. You know, yesterday, you know, you mentioned corn on refuges and feeding them, and that is not a myth. Right now, I'm standing here at Lake Lauderdale looking at all these ducks, and let me tell you what else I'm looking at. Um, when I was fresh out of college i got to i'm got digress here just a second when i was fresh out of college i got to actually work on this farm with the guy that was farming at the time mr billy walker and i am looking at a field that i know to be 120 acres because that's what it was when we farmed it i've ran a disc over it myself and a do-all and this 120 acre field is completely flooded and you know what it is completely full from north to south, east to west, with standing corn that was left for the ducks. So, yeah, it really does happen, Rocky. Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus, and yes, Rocky, there really is corn being grown on refuges to feed these ducks all across the country. But I don't think that that is a bad thing. As a matter of fact, I think that's great for us as hunters. And that's where our next guest comes in. So I'm not going to steal the thunder there. This is just a lead-in. We're going to have him explain to us why agencies like DU give money to projects like Lake Lauderdale and, and agencies like Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency actually grow hundreds of acres of corn and other crops and leave them every year for the ducks. And a lot hate that, but... I would say it benefits hunters, and we're going to give a couple of experts the opportunity this to tell us why.
0: Hey,
1: look, I've got. I've, we're going to try to cover a couple per episode over the next few episodes, but here's the cool one that Jay Paul can explain well. He doesn't condone this, but one of the biggest myths in duck hunting, and just want you to touch on it a little bit, Jay Paul, because... We're gonna be running short on time here in just a minute, but sure. I want you to I want you to bust this myth for us: shooting hens hurts the population. How many times do you see people get poke fun at? Oh, we're not shooting hens today, guys, <laughs> or we're not shooting hens at all at this camp. So, man, let me Jay tell you. Paul, I- Hannah Hannah interviewed you for an article a few months ago about this very myth, and I think it would be cool to peer let people hear your voice talk about it
3: okay well uh right, we'll go on and bust that one right now so um man, the hen killing police that's what I used to call' them when I was hosting the television show because you shoot a you shoot a hen mallard on national television, and, and back when the forums were in their heyday, somebody was, man, they were going to come along, and they were definitely going to hate on you. <laughs> I mean, just talk about scaring your ass. They wanted to do it in a in a hurry. And look, let me tell you this. I, I respect voluntary restraint. Um, by the way, that uh, was a term coined by Delft Waterfowl a few years ago um, that, when duck numbers were much much lower encouraging people not to shoot hens and there is a time when not shooting hens can definitely have an impact on duck numbers but that's not the case today so let's talk about this for just a second before we wrap it up here guys the the framework for duck seasons have been set for several years based on the may pond counts and the number of ducks observed. And earlier in the year, we've talked to guys on the podcast um, who are very knowledgeable about the aerial surveys. And they will tell you that, you know, really quick, that U.S. Fish and Wildlife will acknowledge that they are not always super accurate. You know, we heard Joe Robinson, the chief biologist for the state of Michigan, tell us, that, hey, sometimes we just miss birds and counts. You know, we go by where we fly and look. And we take a general sampling and then we apply that over the entire area. But if they're really concentrated in an area that we miss, we're not going to be as accurate. But overall, they take a look at the big picture and they use that to set the framework for our duck seasons. Now, today we're in a duck season where we have a very liberal bag limit in the Mississippi Flyway. We've got a 60 day, six duck season. Right now, total duck numbers including mallards, are about 50% above the long-term average, the LTA, a phrase that you've heard me use many, many times on this podcast. But the long-term average is very, very important because the LTA tells us where we're at, and it gives us a benchmark. And when we're 50% above the long-term average, with over 11 million mallards in the waterfowl population, Research has shown us that mortality inflicted by hunters has no significant impact whatsoever. This is a fact. This is in my opinion. There's plenty of research to back this up. Hunter mortality inflicted on the ducks has no significant impact on the overall population. Today, the things that are a threat, killing hens is not a threat whether you do it in the Mississippi, the Pacific, the Atlantic, or the Central Flyway, it's not a threat to our population of mallards because they are just too dead gum many of them for us to have an impact. What is a threat is habitat loss. What is a threat is drought. What is a threat is predation in some really, really vital areas of the breeding grounds. So, you know, there are things that can definitely impact the overall population but today, in a liberal framework, you know what, man, you can kill two hens. If you want to shoot them, shoot them. If you feel better about just shooting greenheads, hey, I support that. Personally, I choose, you know, to shoot greenheads. But if it's a slow day and a lone head comes in, you know, I'm not going to say anything about somebody in the blind taking it at all. And, uh, matter of fact, our guys shot a couple of hens this morning. Totally, totally fine with that because we're not affecting them. now. I will say this, Rocky Josh, if we reach a point and and it's coming because we all know that duck numbers, waterfowl numbers they're just like climate they they're cyclical, they go in cycles sooner or later, we are going to have our duck numbers drop significantly below the long term average. The framework is going to change, God forbid we may see another thirty day three duck season like we had in the late 80s and in those circumstances showing restraint and not shooting hens definitely can have an effect on the overall population of mallards but today that's a myth you know if, if you're thinking that you're doing something great for the population by not shooting hens you're not if you want to do something great give some money to delta for hen house. You know? Hey,
1: maybe maybe we should go on Facebook that on these guys that have pictures of nothing but greenheads and present them an online award. <laughs> yeah, right. and give well, them two thumbs up. I mean, you know, it's fine.
2: I, I'm with you, Jay Paul. If 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 you want to to you know have restraint, voluntary restraint, and not shoot them, fine. That that's perfectly fine. Um, but you know, I've never had a problem shooting them. I've never had a problem eating them so i'm i'm not going to have a problem with it in the future uh it's just hey, I mean, because because i mean it's just like you said it's not just your opinion it is it is fact and it is backed up with evidence that hunters there's just simply not a not a big enough uh you know mortality rate from hunters to affect a population in a negative way like that um you know it's just it's just just not um and that's something that hunters should be proud of, really. I mean, you know, you shouldn't I mean really and truly you shouldn't. You should you should be proud of that. You should be proud of the fact that you can go out there and, and really that's not something you have to worry about. Um so Oh, amen. I mean you No, know, people will uh people will continue to bash each other for shooting hens, but I'll I'll never do it to somebody.
1: You know, it, it's worked. Way, hey, it's worked well in the deer population, hasn't it? I mean, especially some of these lands that have <laughs> 30, thirty to one <laughs> ratio, those versus bucks.
2: Oh Amen. man! Hey
1: is...
0: let me it, ask it, look, you hey, look,
2: few... I, I, I want to be clear, real quick, before you leave that. You said deer. Um, the the deer side of that, and the myths, all, all stuff like that. That's something else that that some of these podcasts are going to be talking about too, because that's – something I I know and have my hand in uh, a great deal of, and um, and we're we're, we're going to be touching on some of those, too, in some of these podcasts, because it it gets just as ridiculous on the myths and and, uh,
1: conspiracy theories in deer populations, too. Well, hey, let me ask y'all this. Since, Since most people start out deer hunting before they do duck hunting, do you think that some of that could be transferred over from deer hunting to duck hunting just because you didn't shoot does well um i i see i see
2: this comparison and, and this is this is what i see you have people you have clubs and you know they set their rules uh on deer you can't kill, you you got to kill x amount of those you can only kill bucks over a certain size well okay that's fine some states you know have, you know state of Mississippi has its legal buck rule and everything like that. But when you're – but okay, I, I, I see it this way. Okay, so say, Rocky, you're going to go deer hunting this afternoon. And I tell you, you cannot shoot a deer unless it's at least a 10-point, it's at least five and a half years old, it's at least 150 inches. Well, you're going to sit out there and be a worried, upset mess the whole afternoon at every buck that walks out because you don't know if he's big enough, you don't know if he's old enough, and you don't know if you're going to screw up and never get invited back. Well, it's the same thing. If I tell you, "Hey, look, you can come hunt with me in the morning. We're going duck hunting, but you can only bring five. You only bring six shells. You can only shoot four greenheads, and your other two better be Drake Wood ducks." I mean, what?
1: That is a, what kind of, that's a really what kind good of, comparison.
2: What kind of fun is that? That's not fun. I mean, you know, I mean, that's not hunting. I mean, that you know, and, and look, if you want to be voluntarily selective, fine. Don't, but when you some of the stuff that gets enforced and just has no evidential, just background. I mean, it's just completely. Hey, look, we're not doing this just because, uh, you know, we're not going to shoot hens because we want them, you know, whatever. We're 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 going to kill thirty now, five doves.
1: Hey, well, why? I don't hey, know. Just, no, we're not going. Josh, to. let me let me say this because Jay Paul and I both grew up in an era of you didn't kill a doe. Right, Jay Paul? Man, you were lucky to see one deer deer hunting.
3: Oh, yeah. And I mean, they protected our population, you know, of does. You know, what was crazy is here in Tennessee when I was a kid, you could kill during the regular gun season, you could kill
1: four bucks,
3: but you couldn't kill a doe at all. And and that's a, and that's you know, what Jay, I'm saying. And, and And
1: that tradition, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It became a tradition, right? Because right. you said that delta waterfowl kind of leaned against it when it when it was 30 and 3. You did have an effect sure. on the duck population. So what I'm saying is everything in hunting is traditional. You learn something from your dad or your grandfather or your uncle or whoever you grew up hunting with, and you kept doing it. So I think right. that that probably has a lot to do with it.
3: Yeah, And and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. And, guys, you know, we're fixing to close out here. For my parting shot, I want to say this right now. I'll be on record. I, I support guys that only shoot greenheads and do not shoot hens. What I'm saying is, you know, don't fool yourself and think you're having a massive impact on that right now. And don't be hating on the guys that do. Look, it's legal.
1: Look, that's the there's key right there. There's lots of
3: science showing it doesn't. There's lots of science showing that it doesn't affect our overall population right now. If a guy wants to shoot a hen, hey, you know, don't go hating him. Because let me tell you something. All three of us are very fortunate. I consider myself so lucky. I thank God for all these wonderful opportunities that he's given me to shoot ducks in areas that most people you can only dream about. You know, but hey to the guy that's out there hunting on public land and he'll be lucky if he shoots two boxes of shells during the entire season. He gets the chance to kill a mallard hen, don't be hating on him because he takes it. You know, because everything is should be taken into context. And and his perspective I guarantee is going to be a whole lot different from some of these guys in the hen killing police that just hate on everybody because they don't shoot just greenheads. So Anyway, Rocky, thank you for the opportunity now, to talk about that too.
1: Yeah, listen, and I wasn't condoning it by any means. I'm not coming sure. in and condoning it at all. I th- I think that it's respectful, and but if you if you slip up, I'm just like you. And by the way, you you still have a unpaid hen killing ticket in South Dakota. You need to take care of.
3: <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, three days, 180 mallards. I think we harvested three hens, you know. So there's gonna be there's gonna be some collateral damage when you have that kind of carnage. I'm just telling you, Rocky's floor. So there you go. Oh man. Hey guys, we are totally completely out of time here. But uh so excited again about having Joseph Presley. Kudos to you guys for making that happen. And uh Man, just excited. We're halfway through duck season here in the Mississippi Flyway in Tennessee and Mississippi, so that means, you know, the glass is still half full.
1: Hey, we got one more little surprise coming for you, Jay Paul, this week. Oh, I
3: can't wait to hear it, man. I absolutely can't wait. Well, Rocky, Josh, great day today. I got ducks that I've got to go even though I'm sick as a dog and get out and try to kill this afternoon. I hope you guys go out. I know you got scouting to do. We well, great... twist
2: Jay Paul's arm, make him go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no.
3: the doctor's office. I have strep uh, and walking pneumonia, so
2: yeah, I'm but you to walking pneumonia all the way out to a pit. this that, <laughs> what you're going to? <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, actually,
2: I'll yeah. ride the That's ranger fine. out. I, you know I, what? Oh, oh, my bad. That's right. I look. I, I'm. I'm just jealous. That's all. I'm not. <laughs> hey, They're definitely
3: killing him. And you're the man
2: standing there with a shotgun So go ahead and do it That's fine
3: Amen guys Um, Also want to remind everybody that In addition to the new title sponsor uh, Our podcast is still Made possible by our friends at Hardcore Brands And Hardcore Decoys Makers of the most durable and innovative Hardcore products out there They know that it's not easy Being hardcore And because I am hardcore guys I'm picking a hang-up on y'all. I'm going to get in the ranger. I'm about back to the farm. I left the refuge, and I'm going to get after them. And I hope you guys go out and do the same. And for all of our listeners, on behalf of Rocky and Josh, we hope that you've enjoyed this edition of the On The X Podcast. Powered by JoshSouth.com.